Yeah, I don't think I introduced myself earlier. My name is Becky Zukowskis. I'm the staff and worship coordinator here at Antioch Brighton. And today I get to tell you a little bit about, hey, and that's my uh, foster son, Ezekiel, back there. Hey, buddy. Um, today is Apprenticing Sunday. You may have seen that if you get our church email. Um, you probably have seen some new faces serving uh, this morning. Maybe you were greeted by Evie and Cypress Lux as you walked in. They're serving on the greeting team. I see uh, Evan Hultstrom sh uh, shadowing on the video team. Thank you for doing that, uh, serving people who are joining us on Zoom this morning. Um, and in a minute, I get to introduce a new uh, guest preacher who's part of our uh, preaching cohort uh, this spring. I'm sure that there's actually other more um, apprenticing things that are going on sort of behind the scenes that are less visible. But just want to take a minute and say, why do we do this? Well, one reason is that Pastor John Lux last year had a dream and that really struck him. He was visiting a church and he was like, well, there's... Uh, a lot of not very skilled people doing things here in the dream. That was the first thing that he noticed. But um, in the dream, as, as those people were, you know, were leading worship or sharing the word or, or whatever, the spirit of God came. There was the presence of God in the place. Um, it was like, wow, something of God is happening here. And so when he shared that with the staff, um, we, we decided to turn it into, uh, like, let's, let's try that. It's first person Sunday, you know, like the, uh, the first time that someone does something. Um, not just because it was a cool dream, although like, yes, we want the work and power of God in our midst, amen? But we also, it's true to our, our values. So if you haven't heard us uh, talk about our relational and equipping values here at Antioch, New England, uh, we, we share life, we relate to one another, and we do ministry according to a specific set of values that over the past several years, the staff at our church, and there's four other Antioch churches in the Boston area, we have prayerfully discerned and articulated what does it say in the word of God about how we relate to one another? What do we see in the life of Jesus about how he trained and made disciples and equipped people um, for ministry. So there's relational values and there's equipping values. And sometimes people are like, equipping? What, what does that mean? Um, so I want to read you where it's from. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, 11, he's talking about what's sometimes called the fivefold ministry, the diversity of gifting in the church. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Why? to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Because all of us, as followers of God, are his workmanship, and he does have good works that he has prepared in advance for each one of us to do. And so we've you know, looked in the life of Jesus. How did he do this? I could talk about these all day, but today we're focused on patient apprenticing, which really is about setting people up for success, about when people step into new roles, giving them what they need to be confident and competent in those new roles. So the good news uh, for you today, if you weren't new on the greeting team or if we didn't ask you to preach today, that this isn't just something we do once or twice a year to check a box. This really is part of how we do uh, ministry uh, here at Antioch. So there's a place for each one of you to grow in how God has gifted you in your service to the Lord and to the body. So I just invite you to think about that and talk to people as God stirs things in your hearts. And... It's now my joy to invite up Dennis Lung, who will be preaching this morning. That's right. Dennis is 
an elder. He is on our young adult leadership team. He's also a gifted worship leader. Um, and he starts a new job tomorrow as director of sales at an eight-person startup. Sounds like a real adventure that he is anointed for. Uh, he and his wife, Tammy, uh, moved to Boston four years ago. Uh, they had been uh, living in the Seattle area, uh, attending an Antioch church there, did the discipleship to this neighborhood, and discerned a call from God to come right here to this neighborhood, to this group of people, to move far away from their own families and be part of building the family of God here. I know they are, they are a blessing to us. You and Tammy have opened uh, your lives and your home uh, to many of us in a way that honors Jesus, and so we honor you. Would you join me in praying for Dennis this morning? Um, Father, I'm so thankful um, for this blessing that you have sent uh, to this congregation and to this neighborhood. Would you fill Dennis with your spirit as he opens up the word of God? Would you supernaturally empower him uh, to share words that shape us, to be more like you, to consider how and why you've made us and what you're doing in our midst? Bless him and his family in Jesus' name. Amen. Becky, can you guys hear me okay? Great. This is a different mic than I'm used to wearing, like Becky said. I'm used to being in front of people, but not necessarily talking for long periods of time, so maybe I will sing to make myself more comfortable. Um, the song that comes to mind is uh, the song that we sing to EJ, and then I remember my mom singing. And you guys know this song, so let's sing it together. How about that? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little one who him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen. So that is where we're going to start this morning. Like Becky said, my name is Dennis Lung, and I'm excited to share what God has been stirring on my heart with you guys this morning. So would you stand? We're going to read from our passage, Genesis 41, 41 to 44, and 56 and 57. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second command. And people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. This is verse 56. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe everywhere. Ah, let me pray, and then, and then uh, we'll jump right in. Jesus, we invite you to speak to us this morning through your word. Holy Spirit, would you move in every single one of our hearts, God? We, we thank you that your word is alive. We thank you that you're, you're, you're moving individually in each one of us, God, and you're moving corporately here as, as we're about to share what you're speaking to us, God. 
And so, Father, be with my words. Help me get out of the way. I want to I only communicate what you want to say this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seats. So here is the lesson. So we're, if, if you're joining us for the first time, we're in a, a series called The Lessons from the Life of Joseph. And here's the lesson that we're going to look at today uh, that I draw from this passage. We will not find our purpose in our assignments. And I'll unpack that a little bit more, obviously, but I, I want to define really quickly um, those two terms. So we will not find our purpose in our assignments. When we talk about assignment, quite simply, I'm, I'm speaking about the roles you have in this season. It could be your jobs. It could be your relationship. You're single. You're married. You have kids. It could be the res- responsibilities that you carry today. Those are your assignments that you walk around every day, Monday morning you wake up and you go, I have tasks to do, I have things to do, I have to get things done. Those are my assignments. Your purpose, I'm going to steal the definition from Webster, is the reason, the definition for purpose is the reason for which something or created or for which something exists. I'll read that again. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. That is your purpose. And if you're like me, you've asked yourself more than once in your life, what's the purpose of life? What's the purpose of my life? What's the purpose of my job? What's the purpose of my assignments? And I believe we will not find our purpose in our assignments. And I'm going to unpack that for us today. Let's start with assignment and and dive into a little bit more of how that relates to the life of Joseph here. I'm going to ask for some participation. John Lux in our preaching cohort said, be careful, people don't participate when you preach on Sundays. But I believe you're wrong, John. We are going to get people to participate this morning. How many of you in the last 12 months have changed assignments? It could be a new job, a new family role. Maybe you became a parent for this first time. Maybe there's a housing situation change that you have. Maybe you're new to Boston. Or maybe you're new to this church this morning. And that's a change in an assignment because you came. Let me see the hands again, one more time. Look around. That is a lot of people. Thank you, guys. According to the New York Times, you may have heard of this thing called the Great Resignation. Guess what? I'm part of that. I'm starting a new job tomorrow. I resigned from my job like a month ago. Over 50 million people changed jobs in 2021 alone. 50 million. That's one in every six Americans. And in this room... I think there was clearly more than 50% of people that have had a change in their assignment. And so as we look at our assignments, one thing that's clear is that it's always changing. And so I'm going to have David pull up Joseph's assignments for us here on the screen. Uh, I took some time and created a LinkedIn page for our friend Joseph. Um, it's actually live right now. Don't look it up, but it's actually live right now. It's the only way. I'm not good at Photoshop, so it's actually real right now. Um, I hope no one Googles it and messages me. But this is Joseph's resume. We're going to talk through it. So can you go to the next slide? We'll start at the bottom. It's, sorry, it's kind of in small font, but I'll, I'll read through it. We've, we've been working in you know, the, the, this story, so a lot of you guys have heard. You know, this, is, this is Joseph's journey, right? So he's, he's, uh, 
He's a favored son in his household. That's what it says on the bottom down there. He's in Jacob's household. He's a favored son. And then his brothers are like, yo, I don't like you. You're a terrible coworker. You're the favorite. You always get, you know, to lead the meetings or you always get all the special perks, whatever. You're fine. So you're going to go be a slave because we don't like you. We're going to vote you off the island. So then he becomes a slave in Potiphar's household. And then he becomes a household manager because he works hard. He has some favor, and, and that's his next role. And then he has a big HR complaint against him. <laughs> like, that is relevant, yeah? yeah? Then he becomes a prisoner, and he gets thrown in jail. That, I don't know why you know, anybody would put that on their LinkedIn, but maybe we should change the social status of, of that and, and put re- redeeming stories on our LinkedIn. Uh, so then he becomes a prison manager, and then he eventually, uh, you know, gets forgotten in prison after he interprets some dreams, and, it, and then he's like, hey, remember me when you, you know, when you make it big, and then they're like, ah, I forgot about you. Um, the whole time you can see he's, he's still doing it, but he's a part-time dream interpreter. That's what that says in tiny font up there. That's that second one. And then uh, where we find him today in his LinkedIn is that he's second in command of all of Egypt. It's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Thanks, David. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of other examples since maybe you're like, that's, none of those roles are relevant to me. I'm going to talk about two different people here in our church. The first is Janice Macedonio, one of our Delta youth leaders. Uh, Janice grew up in Southern California and when it was time for her to apply for college, she wanted to become an engineer. She applied for literally like the farthest school away from her home as possible up here in Worcester at WPI. That's a long ways from Southern California. So she comes all the way out here. She becomes an, she becomes an engineering student. And if you don't know Janice, she's got a lot of unique gifts and talents. And a lot of her assignments in college were not just engineering studies. They were, I'm just going to read them off because there's a lot. She was a shuttle driver, a cafeteria cook. She worked in the Office of Multicultural Affairs. She was a counselor. And then my favorite, she was also a mascot. You can ask her about that later. Um, And then after graduating with an engineering degree, she becomes a chemistry teacher. Then after that, she finally lands a job as an engineer, which she went to school for. Not many of us can say we're doing exactly what we went to school for. And then goes to grad school and now works for the Air Force as an engineer. Her assignments changed a whole bunch. I'm going to talk about Chris Yutz really quick. Chris is a friend and a a dad that I looked up to a lot and I've learned a lot from in this season. He's a ministry leader here at our church and his assignments leading up to today look very different. Chris was in IT and tech before it was cool. I like to say that if Chris was 10 years younger, he could have been the CEO of Facebook or Netflix or one of those things, but he was before his time. He spent 10 to 12 years in corporate IT in the tech world, climbing the ladder. And then he left that and chased a childhood dream to become a park ranger at Mount Rainier. How cool. And that wasn't the right assignment. After a while, he figured out that wasn't going to be where God was leading, and so he gets called back into corporate IT. This time, he's like, it's just a paycheck. I'll just do it because I'm good at it. 
Several years later, God calls him and says, hey, would you become a full-time dad to your boys? Would you stay home with your boys, disciple them, walk with them, and raise them? And he gets called in this, but he has this tug for, for corporate IT still. He's like, I, they love me so much at work, they don't want me to quit. So he works part-time. He's a dad, two boys at the time. And then we fast forward to today. Chris is fully submitted into raising his four boys, amen, for almost a basketball team. Um, and, and as a ministry leader, as a community leader, and, and doing the assignment that God has for him in this season. So I, I point out all of these assignments because I want you to understand that our assignments change often, and you never have full control over what your next assignment's going to be. It's a fruit of your circumstance. It's a fruit of where you live, of how you were raised, the, maybe the degree you have or the uh, people you know and the opportunities that you have. You're never going to be in full control of that next assignment. And maybe you believe that your trajectory is supposed to be, like I did, college, graduate, get a job related to your degree, love that job, stay in it forever, get married, have kids, buy a house, raise your kids, then send them off to college, and then retire. Maybe that's what you believe your assignments are going to be. But I believe there are very few of us in this room who are actually going to live that plan out. And that's, that's how our assignments are going to go. I just don't believe that at all. And this is the first significant pitfall in trying to find our purpose in our assignments. Let me go back to the definition of purpose really quick. Purpose, the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Why do we exist? If we look for the answer to that question of why we exist, in our assignment, by definition, will be crazy because our assignment changes all the time. We'll go from one thing to the next. We'll put our identity, all our eggs in that one basket, and if it doesn't go well or if we don't like it or if we're not good at it or, or maybe it just falls apart and is taken away from you, it is going to wreck your purpose if you've tried to find your purpose in your assignment. And we'll go in circles trying to figure that out. And so I, I believe in Joseph's life we can see that even though his assignment is very sig significant where we find him in chapter 41, it's not his true purpose. His true purpose is not to be second in command. A second pitfall that we see in Joseph's life is the idea that an important assignment can give you purpose. And so when you become significant, when you become second in command of Egypt or the, the chief operating officer of, of a big company or when you, you know, become the teacher of the year or when you get all these different awards, like, you will have found your purpose. Like, we believe this lie that our purpose is tied up into how much we produce or who we know and how influential we are. And I was, as I was reading uh, and studying for the sermon, I came across a sermon on the life of Joseph from the Bible Project, a great resource uh, that you should check out if you have not. And it talks about specifically 
uh, I think it's in verse 41 or 42. Um, it says, Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. That is really, really important. That's a really nuanced detail that I think uh, I just want to spend a moment on. A signet ring off his own finger. What's a signet ring? If you don't know, I had to Google it myself. It is a ring that had a personal signature or image and was a symbol of family heritage. Pharaoh's saying, like, you are my heir, you are important, you are significant, here's your purpose, Joseph. Like, here, I'm going to give you this ring, I'm going to dress you in fine rubs, I'm going to make you important, and you're going to find your purpose in that. That's a pretty big deal. And if you were Joseph, after all of those jobs that you had, after all those roles you had, wouldn't that start to feel like you found your purpose? Wouldn't that start to feel like, oh, I made it. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Remember God gave him all these dreams when he was 17, and, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm there. Like, I'm in that spot that God wants me to be in. I read a, an article recently that talks about the purpose of work and evolution of work uh, in the last couple of years from the New York Times. And even in the last couple of years, this idea of like importance and significance of our work and our roles or assignments, as we're talking about this morning, has become more, more and more relevant. Does everybody remember when we were all labeled essential and non-essential? If you were non-essential, raise your hand. So it's a lot of us, because uh, we were not doctors, we were not nurses, we were not grocery store workers or post office workers. We we were told by the world that we were like non-essential to society. And I believe this has some ties to this great resignation that I mentioned in the beginning, where where we start to get this idea that like oh, we're not important enough, and therefore we need to change our assignment. We need to go find a different assignment that's more important, that's more significant. And I'm not, what I'm not saying is, like, you should all go back to school to be doctors. Like, I don't think that's the goal here. What I'm saying is, is we are looking for that purpose in our assignment, whether we like it or not, and, and we need to come to terms with that. And guess what? Companies also know that as well. And they want to give your life meaning and purpose. And they're going to try really hard to do it. So I just found this funny, and, and I'm going to share this with you guys. Um, the company I had just left used the tagline uh, for our mission statement, fighting to stop climate change, to help me feel connected to the greater purpose of the company. So every day on our little email signature, it would be like, we're in the fight to stop climate change. Coca-Cola says, our mission is to refresh the world and make a difference. CBS says, helping people on their path to better health. Ford says, to drive human progress forward through freedom of movement. GE, we rise to the challenge of building a world that works. Kellogg, nourishing families so they can flourish and thrive. Pfizer, working together for a healthier world. Target, to help all families discover the joy of everyday life. And then United Airlines, connecting people, uniting the world. <laughs> like, 
Those are, those are pretty attractive purposes, right? Like, you, you, you like, want to be a part of that. Like, you want to get on board. Don't you want to unite the world? Like, Evan, maybe you can go work for United Airlines and help unite the world. Like, that's what we need to do. Talk about drawing you into something that makes you, you feel like your assignment has purpose and, and that you're important. That, that's it right there. Every single company, probably the company you work for right now, you can think of what the mission or assignment or purpose is for, the, for that company or what they've told you it is. I'm not saying they're bad mission statements or they're bad things in and of themselves. But I believe that none of those things are our purpose. And I believe that it's very, very clear to answer the question that you may have now of, okay, Dennis, you laid it out. Our assignments don't matter. Companies we work for don't matter. What's the purpose? God gives us his word, and the truth is right in your Bibles. Genesis 1.27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Colossians 1.16. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Psalm 33, 11, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Ephesians 2, 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Does anybody have purpose now? I need this truth in my life this morning. I need to be reminded this morning that my purpose doesn't come from my assignment. It comes from our Heavenly Father. It comes from His kingdom and the purposes that He had in Genesis 1.27 when He created us in His own image. When we became heirs with Christ when Jesus died on the cross for us, we got our ultimate purpose. Something I heard from Clarence Hill at World Mandate last month uh, that circled in my journal from that weekend he said, God's purpose for your life doesn't change based on your circumstance. I'll spin it for what I'm talking about today. God's purpose for your life doesn't change based on your assignment. It does not. And the purposes of God for you are great and mighty and have external or eternal impact. They have eternal impact that we cannot measure here today like we we i don't think we literally can grasp the opportunity that we have to invest in the kingdom of god and see that infinite return on our on our stock chart of of what we invested our time and energy in here on earth so let me break down a couple of those passages really quick for you we see in the scripture 
You're made to declare his praise. That's from 1 Peter 2.9. We're made to bring him glory from 1 Corinthians 10.31. We're made to do good works, Ephesians 2.10. Your purpose is to be an image bearer of Christ, of God himself. That means we look at the life of Jesus and we emulate, emulate it. We live like he did. We're his children. We're heirs. We have our purpose. And then in Matthew 28, we're to go make disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When's the last time you baptized a coworker in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I'm serious. When's the last time you declared his praises when you picked up your coffee? bring him glory when you went to the grocery store. Like our purpose is clear, but I feel like sometimes we forget it when we're in the midst of our assignment. It's a good thing, it's a good thing that God knows that, you know, we struggle with these things and that it's hard because uh, he gives us a road map for, for what to do. We just need to ask him. We just need to get before our Father and say, how can I give you glory today in my work, God? God, tomorrow when I start my new job, how can I give you glory? How can I, how can I make your presence known in my life to my new coworkers, God? That's what I'm going to be asking myself. How can I bear your image, your likeness in the way that I love my kids? How do I declare your praises in the conversations with my coworkers, my neighbors, my family? Joseph's assignment in this chapter seems like it may have reached the, the climax and that he, he got his purpose. But if we look a little bit further down in the story and, and we kind of zoom out to 40,000 feet and look at Joseph's life, Joseph was a forerunner for Jesus. He brings his family, the, the lineage of Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham, into Egypt, so they eventually become a mighty nation, the Israelites, the people of God. On his deathbed in Genesis 51, he, he says to his brothers that the only, the, like the last words he shares is, here's the promise of God for our family and for the people of God. Keep it. Just remember it. That's all I want you to do. After everything he's been through, all he's doing after his deathbed is passing on the promises of God. Out of Joseph's family lineage, we eventually see the prophecies of Jesus fulfilled. And so Joseph was to play his part in history for God's story. Are you willing to play your part in history for God's story? instead of your own. I'll let you guys in and, and tell one more story uh, before we wrap up. Uh, I'll let you into some of, some of my personal story and some of the, the ways that I've um, confused my purpose and my assignment in the past. Um, so I grew up in Seattle, second generation American. My parents were refugees from the Vietnam War, um, much like what's happening right now in, in Ukraine. They, they fled Vietnam in 1975 and Eventually got to the U.S. in 1980. And 
they, as a, as a kid, they told us all these stories about uh, the things that they went through, the hardships that they had, the coming to America with nothing, with just the clothes on their back and a few relationships and, and no, no real skills or money, and, and, and how hard that was. And so hearing this as I, as I grew up, and then, and then combine that with um, what society and media tells you, like what we unpacked earlier about like what success looks like and the journey of your life and, and the American dream, right? White picket fence and, and, and a yard and a dog and those kind of things. I started to internalize the fact that my purpose was to get everything that the world had to offer because my parents had come to the U.S. and, and they had made a lot of sacrifice. And so my purpose became buy, grab, take, and, and, and own everything that I could because I thought that would fulfill the purpose of my life. I was supposed to be this like, first-generation American born in my family and start building a legacy of wealth and stability and, and financial uh, knowledge and, and be able to just kind of change the trajectory of my family. That's what I thought my purpose was. And then I recognized that I wanted those things because I wanted to be important. I wanted to be known. I wanted to be significant in the eyes of my parents, in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of society. And then, like Becky mentioned, four years ago, Tammy and I did the Antioch Discipleship School, and, and God rocked us. He said, don't you think there's more purpose for your life than this house and job and the comforts of life? Like, don't, don't you think there's more? So we said yes to God to moving to Boston in 2018 because we felt like that was the next assignment. But we made sure to pray through the fact that that was not our purpose. Our purpose was never to just be in Boston and just to, to build all those same things that I was desiring here in Boston. Our purpose was to say yes to God and be obedient every step of the way in every assignment that he gave us. I, this will be my third job in four years. We've had three different addresses here in, in Brighton. We've, uh, I'm, I'm a new dad to EJ, and our life has changed a lot. My assignment, even here in Boston, has changed a whole bunch. But what I know and what, what got instilled in me was that the purposes that I, that I got from God were the things that I could hold on to no matter where I am, no matter what I do, and no matter what position I'm in. And so, I don't want you to confuse your assignment for your purpose. I don't want you to confuse your circumstances for your purpose. I don't want you to confuse your job or your title or your role as your purpose this morning. Jesus had one purpose. He did many assignments. He was a carpenter. He was a Jewish boy. He was a son. He was a rabbi. He was captive. Then, none of those things held him back from his purpose. He didn't let his work, he didn't let his Jewish traditions, he didn't let his family, his friends, hold him back from the purposes of bringing us into relationship with him. 
He didn't let those things stand between him and his ultimate purpose to be with the Father and to bring us into that. And so I want to invite the band up and and I want to prompt you with, with two ways to respond this morning. The first is, do you need to accept the purpose for your life from God? Do you need to be reminded of the purpose of God for your life? Or is this the first time you're maybe hearing about the purpose for your life? Maybe that needs to be concrete in your heart about, hey, God, would you reveal your purpose to me? Would you help me understand your purpose? Would you help me know your purpose? Maybe that's what you need to do this morning in response. The second is maybe you have a changing assignment coming up or had one recently. Maybe you really don't like your assignment right now. Maybe there's really hard things about your life. Would you turn to God and say, God, I submit this assignment to you. I submit it to you. Would your, would your purpose, would your will be done in my assignment? Would you use me for your purposes in my workplace? my school, my household, my family, my neighborhood? What assignment do you have in your life that you need to submit at the cross, at the feet of Jesus, and say, God, I'm not going anywhere until I can walk out in your purposes in this thing. I won't do anything until I know my purpose in you. I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to give you glory in all I do. I'm going to be an image bearer. Whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, I'm going to do it all for the glory of God. I'm going to make disciples in the place that you have me. So there's two ways we can respond this morning. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. The band's going to lead us in worship and, and we're going to respond. If you need to receive prayer, you just want to talk to somebody about what, you're, what those prompts are, are giving you on your heart, uh, feel free to come forward, come to the sides here. Someone will, someone will come pray for you. Grab somebody next to you. Father, we, we asked you this morning to solidify our purposes. Yeah, God, cemented in our hearts the purposes that you have for us. God, we thank you that we don't need to go searching for it. It's right here in your word. God, I ask that we would be ones that walk out in obedience in our assignments that you've given us. Yeah, Father, we we thank you this morning. In Jesus' name. We've got some more time that we're able to continue engaging with God. And I'm struck by that image of the signet ring, right? We talk about heavenly purpose. If you held the royal signet ring, you had the authority to make contracts that could not be revoked in the name of the king. That's what a signet ring is for. That's a lot of power. And here's the thing, right? Like the Bible uses the image of the signet ring 
not to talk about Pharaoh's power, but to talk about the, the authority that God imparts to us as his children, right? So I just feel like that's a word for us this morning, right? You, we're talking about being, being given purpose by God. Would, would you be ready this morning to receive that kind of authority from God, right? You know, like all of us, all of us have earthly parents, right? Would they, would they give us the car keys? Would they give us the power to sign deeds in their name? I don't know about that. But the God of heaven says about you that he's going to give you the signet ring of authority in the kingdom of heaven. Not because you're anybody special, but because you belong to Jesus. Amen? So this morning, I want to make space. If this, if this idea of the signet ring, this idea of your heavenly God-given purpose, not your assignment, your purpose, is gripping you this morning, I want you to come forward. We're going to pray for you. I don't know who we is, but we're going to pray for you related to this concept of the signet ring, the authority to make these binding contracts in the name of Jesus, that what you speak in the name of Jesus will be bound in heaven, as Jesus says. Amen? And the second one, Right, we all raised our hands. Oh man, oh I changed my assignment. Oh yeah. Life is hard. I don't like my assignment. I don't like my new assignment either. Okay? <laughs> I'm not I'm not speaking that over you or me. But right? Who wants who in this house wants grace from heaven to persist in their assignment? Who wants grace from heaven? All right? If you didn't raise your hand, you need grace to maybe let go of your assignment. All right? Now, turn to your neighbor. I hope you like your neighbor, all right? Turn to your neighbor, ask them, hey, can I pray for you? Do you like your assignment? No? Do you want me to pray for you to stay in it? <laughs> all right? So interact with each other on that basis. And if this is you, this word about the, the signet ring, come forward. Some people are going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, take us into this place. We want this on more than a knowledge level. Would you bring the word of God into our hearts this morning? We want to receive truth from you. We're willing to respond with our physical bodies and our words if that's what it takes for us to enter into the truth of the kingdom of God this morning in Jesus' name.